0: Hi there, Amy Porterfield here, and welcome to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Today's episode is an Ask Amy session, which means I've collected four of the smartest questions I've received over the last month, and I'm going to jump into each one of them separately here on the show. So the four questions aren't necessarily related, but I do think you'll find them extremely valuable as you build your business online. Now, before I get there, at the time of this recording, I just moved into my home studio. So I decided to turn a spare bedroom into a studio where I could do podcasting and I could do all my video work. That way, I don't have to have a home office with technology all over the place, which drives me nuts. Well, when I moved my podcasting equipment in here last night, it was all ready to go. I don't really have a lot in here yet. We're not totally done with this home studio. And so when I decided to record this morning, I can hear myself in my earphones and I sound a little bit like I'm in a tunnel. The acoustics aren't set up properly just yet in here. I might have to do some padding. I need a big rug in here, something, but it doesn't sound so great in my ears. And I thought, whoa, maybe I shouldn't record this week. But today's the only day I have to record this week. We're on a schedule. We're trying to get ahead of these podcasts. So we're not doing them at the last minute. And I knew it was important to keep moving forward with these for the sake of my sanity and my teens. I don't want to be stressed out and trying to record a show that's due the next day. I don't do my best work. So I could have easily used the excuse, oh, this doesn't sound really good. I, I probably should wait next week when this room's ready and then go ahead and record. But I knew that would get me behind. And so it was an obvious excuse. Like, really, Amy, you got away the options. Does your audience really care if the audio isn't perfect? And how valuable is this content you've created? Is is it worth it? Do you need to get it out? And I've spent some good time on these questions, um, figuring out how I wanted to respond to them for you. So I thought, I've done the work. I know I've got some good stuff to put out there. I'm gonna make that the most important thing versus using the excuse, the audio is not gonna be perfect, so I won't do it. Plus, you might not even hear a difference because my audio editor might be able to whip this into shape so you'll never even know. I might not have even had to bring it up. But I brought it up because I kind of want to challenge you. I want you to think about an area in your business that you're not moving forward or you feel stuck or you've stalled because something else has to happen before you move forward or something's not working properly and you got to figure it out first or you're just not comfortable moving forward and you're not sure why. Let's look at some of those areas in your business. And I want you to be really honest with yourself and ask yourself, Am I using any excuses that really don't warrant me stalling or stopping or not moving forward? A lot of the times those excuses are deep rooted into bigger fears or lack of confidence we have in our business or our message or, or moving forward. Maybe it's a new project. You've never done it before. So you use all these excuses like I can't figure out Facebook ads. They're, they're not going to work for me. I just need to sit here and for the next two weeks, just work on Facebook ads. Then I'll get my first Facebook ad up and running and then maybe two months down the road. I'll try some ads for webinars. That's not the conversation I want you to have a lot of the times, and I don't know about you, but this definitely works for me. If I do it and I mess up, I usually only have to mess up once. I figure out what went wrong. And then I just never do that same mistake twice. Now this happens a lot. I do a lot of mistakes, but I'd rather be making those little mistakes along the way, but still moving forward. Cause you're, you're still inching forward, forward, forward. And then usually When you get the confidence to not really care about those little mistakes, you're just going to fix them and keep moving forward. You see a big blast of like, boom, I'm way ahead of myself more so than I thought I would be. It's all those little steps that start to add up. So I just want to challenge you to look at some of the excuses you've been making about not moving forward in different areas of your business and be honest with yourself and say, is this an excuse? Is this a valid excuse or is this one more deep rooted in fear or quite honestly, maybe just being lazy right now, just not wanting to do something? Or is it about a confidence issue? Um, Or is it just something that you thought, hmm, I made that excuse. But really, if I think about it, there is a solution to this. I always say that the more resourceful you get, the more money you're going to make. So look at your business, look at those excuses and those obstacles and see if you might find one that you can just move forward with today. Believe me, you're going to be so very, very happy you did. Okay. So let's go ahead and do this. Like I said, the first question is about affiliates. This is the question. How early do you contact affiliates if you want them to work with you to promote your course? Now I will say that I am not an expert on affiliates. I've never done a big affiliate push in my business. However, I have worked with affiliates over the last few years. I'm a little bit more selective. I have a smaller affiliate base However, there's definite guidelines that you want to follow in order to get optimal results from those you partner with. The first thing is I like to get in front of an affiliate at least three months in advance, if not more, because if that affiliate is really good at what they do, they've already planned out their year. So, I mean, gosh, if you're really good at planning, and I always talk about this at the end of the year, if you could tell your favorite partners that you want to work with, Hey, this year I've already planned out my promo schedule. I'm going to be promoting this month and this month and this month. If any of those will work for you, please do mark your calendar and I'll get you information as we get closer. That would be ideal. A lot of us aren't necessarily there yet, or we're creating things as we're going. So if you can get in front of something at least three months in advance, if a partner really does want to work with you, they'll be able to kind of move around their schedule sometimes in order to make it work. So it's to your advantage to get in front of them as early as possible. Now, sometimes things come up, like recently we decided to do an affiliate program for my new course webinars that convert. What happened was that we launched it without any affiliates in September, and it was surprisingly successful. Like I knew it would do well, but I just had no idea it would do that well. And because the response has been so good, and because the Facebook private group is more active than I've ever seen a group in my entire business life, uh, I thought, we're to something here. And I bet there's other partners that I know of with similar lists that would find this really valuable. So I went out to some of my friends that I knew would find this promo valuable. And I said, here's the results that we received from our own list. And here's what you could expect based on the, your list size and the fact that we have very similar lists. And I gave them all the details. So I got a few top level affiliates and I call them top level. They have really strong lists on my calendar to promote. So I'm going to actually be doing live webinars with those affiliates. But I also saw something that happened with this course, Webinars That Convert, where a lot of the people that purchased it, they loved it instantly and they said, hey, we'd like to promote this to our own list, but we have really small lists. So we can't really do a live webinar with you and and promise that a few hundred people will show up. So what they want to do is they still want to promote it, But they know it's not going to be at the level as some of those um, top marketers. They're just not there yet. But there's something really valuable about selling a course and over a thousand people join that course. And now you've got all these people, like hundreds of people in the group saying, I'd love to tell my followers about this course that I'm in right now that I'm really enjoying. So we've decided to do two live webinars in early November. And we send an email out to anybody that was in our course that expressed interest in promoting it. And we said, look, we've got this survey that we want, to f- want you to fill out so we can get to know you a little bit more. And then once you do, if we approve you as an affiliate, we'll, we will get you all ready to promote the live webinars we're doing in early November. So you'll get a special link and you can send all your traffic to that live webinar." And then if any of those people purchase while on the live webinar, you of course will receive an affiliate commission. And then if they purchase after the webinar, you'll receive an affiliate commission. So the way we worked it, we use Infusionsoft and we set up these affiliate links that could go to a live webinar. And that way I could have, let's say, 10 different affiliates sending traffic to one live webinar and each of them will be tracked properly. So this is something we did or we're going to do in early November And what I love about this is that now people without huge lists that kind of want to get in the game, they are able to, and I don't have to do a live webinar for them and maybe just a few people will show up this way. We're going to have a really great live audience, which increases the energy, It increases my energy for sure. I do better on live webinars versus if I was just recording it from scratch and it gives them an opportunity to sell. So let's say I had a hundred affiliates do this and they all had really small lists. but let's say each of them sold two. Well, that's pretty good, right? I have 200 new buyers in the program that I never would have had before because I didn't have access to their audience. They're in different niches. They run in different circles. So they're attracting people I never would have attracted in the first place, which I love. Now, another thing we did is we actually created a really simple back-end affiliate partnership WordPress site, and that's the freebie for today because any of you looking to work with affiliates, the best way to make that partnership extremely lucrative is to give them all of the information they need in advance. And I'm talking about email swipe file, social media images, social media text, all the dates they need. And then of course, details for them to check in to get their affiliate links and all that good stuff. So what we decided to do is to create a really simple affiliate system where they could go in there and they would get all their swipe file and they would see all the dates that we're promoting and they'd get all the social media images all in one place. And so the freebie today is I'm gonna walk you through the back end of that system because it was really simple. I wanna make it better in the future And I want to make it really fancy where at the top of the system that they log into, they'll see how much commissions they've earned and how many clicks they've gotten and all that. That's not what we've done this time. And this is a good lesson for anybody kind of struggling in business where you feel pulled in a million directions. If I had done something more elaborate right now It would have been silly because one, I'm not really in the affiliate game yet. So I don't wanna put a lot of money or time into creating a system before I'm really comfortable working with affiliates. And two, for the sake of time, I would never have been able to launch something fantastic from the time I decided to work with affiliates To the time that we're actually launching so it was only about a few weeks ago that we decided hey we're going to invite some affiliates to the game to see if they want to promote it sure as heck wasn't three months in advance so i didn't get to give them the time so i thought let's just start out what i call in phase one something really small but extremely valuable and organized and it needs to look good so i'm going to take you behind the scenes and show you what my wordpress affiliate membership site looks like and I'll show you where the swipe file goes and the images and all that. So if you want to model something like that, you can show a programmer and say, build something like this for me. Again, it's super simple. So if you go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 80 download, so amyporterfield.com forward slash 80 download, you can opt in and you'll get a video from me showing you what the affiliate system looks like that we just built in WordPress. Also, if you like to text, you can text the phrase 80 download to the number 33444. Okay. So that's question number one. How early do you get in front of affiliates? I answered it with at least three months, if not more. And when you can't do that, just know you can't expect huge results because people have to clear their calendar. And if you are going to work with affiliates, creating some kind of really simple backend membership site for them to get all the stuff is a really good idea. And I could have done something similar inside Infusionsoft. It just wouldn't have worked as seamlessly and it wouldn't have been as easy for my team to update and get in there. So they can still go into Infusionsoft and get all their stats, but the membership site is more for the content to support their promotion, which is so very valuable. And then just to wrap up, I told you about the live webinar that we're going to be doing in early November. And it's for all of those that want to promote but don't have huge list so they can just send to one live webinar. So it's live, I'm there, I'm answering questions, I'm fully engaged and they can send all their traffic there so they know it's going to be a really great experience. And then one more thing, I mentioned that people have to fill out a survey before they actually get chosen to be an affiliate with me. The reason why we do that is because you are responsible for your affiliates, meaning if they start spamming people, And you use a system like Infusionsoft Infusionsoft because they're using your links to spam people can shut down your affiliate system. So you as the marketer who is actually asking partners to promote for you, you as the marketer could get in big trouble if you're letting just anybody promote for you. And plus, this is my brand. I don't want people using my picture and talking about my product if I don't really respect who they are and the kind of marketing they're doing. So we have a survey as well. So if you are actually interested in being an affiliate for this program, or if you want to kind of see what the survey looks like, I'll link to that in my show notes. So amyporterfield.com forward slash 80 is my show notes, and you can see the questionnaire. It's really simple, but I just want to know, have you been an affiliate before? Do you understand how this whole affiliate thing works? What kind of results have you gotten? What does your list look like? You don't have to have a huge list and you don't have to be extremely experienced, but I do want you to kind of have a really good sense of how promoting works. And if you've promoted in the past, it's always a plus. So you can see the kind of questionnaire I put together as well. So again, that will be on my show notes. Okay, moving on to question number two. Remembering back to the first product you created, what would you tell us now that you wish you would have done differently back then? I thought this was a really great question. And so the first thing I would tell you, if I could go back and kind of fix some things is that I wish I would have spent a little bit more time on developing a concept around my product suite and hindsight's 2020. I don't even know if I would have had enough knowledge back then to do this properly, but it was something I didn't even try. So for those of you who have been in business, maybe a year or two, and you're working on your first online training program, or you have one now, but you'd love to add to it. This is something to pay close attention to. And that is that when we have a really solid product suite, we are able to help people in our niche that are at different phases inside of our niche. So for me, let me break it down. I like to use real examples. And the one I know right now is the one that's inside my business, what I'm dealing with. So I teach entrepreneurs how to build their businesses online. And I typically teach people that are in their first or second year of business, just starting out and they've got some things going, but things aren't really clicking for them yet. So list building and Facebook ads and webinars, those usually are my areas of focus in terms of helping people start building the foundation. So I talk a lot about social media sales funnels because social media is a great place to start. But what I realized when I started teaching all of this stuff is there are some people that have zero list. And there are other people that still need my help, but they have a list, a few thousand people on their list, but they want to learn how to do webinars. So they're at different phases, but they're still in my ideal customer avatar area. Like they're still my audience, but they're at different phases in their business. So when I realized that, I started to think, I really need a product suite to help people in different phases of their business. So what I've decided to do, and this is something that's not in full effect yet. So sometimes I share stuff with you that I'm just kind of rolling out or working on now, but I like you to see the thought process behind it because I know this would have helped me earlier on in my business if I would have done it. And that is I started to look at the product suite and thought, okay, where are the holes in me helping my audience? And one of the holes has always been, I get this question probably daily, what is your advice for creating an online training program? And for years now, I've always recommended David Seitman Garland because he's got an awesome program. <laughs> it's funny I use the word awesome. It's called Cree Awesome Online Courses, and he's got a program out there and I've promoted it for years. It's really, really good. And I absolutely love David. And because this question comes up so much, I just constantly push all that traffic over to David. Now, I get an affiliate cut for most of it. So that's it's not about the money really. It came back to, gosh, my audience is coming to me to get advice about something that I don't offer. However, I know a whole heck of a lot about it. I've created probably six or seven online training programs. Some of them have been million dollar successes. And I thought, I've got a lot to share in this area. So I've decided in order to add to my product suite, I would create a course about creating online courses. Now, yes, my good friend David has this, and one, David and I are great friends no matter what we create, but also, it's not about David, it's not about me, it's about the fact that my audience wants something and they keep asking and I keep pushing them away to somebody else. Here's the lesson for you in that. If that's happening to you, or if you don't know who to push them off to, maybe it's time for you to create that program. If this is something that your audience really, really wants, maybe you're the one that should be delivering it to them. Now, if my audience kept asking me about Google ads and they just asked me and asked me and I kept sending them to someone, I don't even know who I'd send them to, but this is starting to come up because I'm starting to use Google ads, but someone's doing them for me. So I'm getting a lot of questions. I have no desire in the near future to teach Google ads as a program. So I'm comfortable continuing to send people there. I don't know enough about it to be able to teach it just yet. And I don't know if I ever want to. However, when that question keeps coming about online courses, something I know a whole heck of a lot about, and I have my own opinions and strategies and systems and principles I would love to talk about, I thought this is the time. So for you, I want you to look at your business. Is there something that keeps coming up that you think, actually, I could totally support that need? it's It's where you really should put your focus and your time. Now, another thing I want to share with you, because you all know me pretty well and my products and whatnot, I have the Profit Lab. And what I started to think about is, you know, the Profit Lab, the students love it. I get so much great feedback. It's been my most popular program up until this webinar course. And at the same time, I want to see my students get bigger results. And what I'm noticing is there's not as much of a focus that needs to be there about list building. I want to talk more about list building to those in my audience that are in the phase that they can't sell anything because they don't have a list yet. So I feel like list building needs to be a really big piece of the puzzle for my audience to know, okay, this is this is where I need to start. Because I've always said it from the get-go, you don't really have a viable business without a list. And I had this experience with Hobie, my husband lately. <laughs> he's, he's my husband now. Wait, I got to take a minute and tell you guys a funny story. This is totally a side note, and I typically don't do this, but it's worth it. Okay, so we gotta remember where I was. I'm gonna tell you about Hobie's list growth. But before I get there, in my webinars group, I have this private Facebook group, and when I answer questions, I usually record a video. And so I was all ready to record a video for this guy, but he first sent me a video that I needed to watch. And he said, Amy, can you watch this video? It's something I created for my webinar registration page. So I'm sitting alone, it was really early this morning, in my family room, and I played the video. And the first thing this guy says on his video, his name's Dan, he says, if you're watching this video now, you're likely thinking about getting a divorce because he's in the divorce niche. I don't that sounds like a weird niche, but that's what he does. He helps people transition through divorces. So this is what you hear on the speakers of my computer. If you're watching this video now, you're likely thinking about a divorce. And right then my husband walks in the room and he looks at me like, what is going on? And I burst out laughing. So I'm like, wait, 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 this is just a client. But it was just the most perfect timing. For something like that. So, that's just a little Hobie story. I had some explaining to do, to say the least. Anyway, let's get back. So, Hobie, he launched an ebook. Actually, now he has two ebooks all about getting hired as a firefighter. I've talked about it on some of the older episodes. And one thing that I just realized is that we've been running $10 a day ads to a free giveaway, and then people buy the book. And his sales actually haven't been phenomenal. So I like to be totally transparent. They're good. He gets sales weekly, but he'd really like to get more sales. So he's kind of working on the sales part of it, which is where a lot of people struggle. So I totally get it. However, he's grown his list since earlier this year to over 3,500 people on his list. That's a lot of people for someone that's never had a list. And so now he needs to figure out, how can he best communicate with these people? What do they really need? If they're not buying the ebook, what's the reason? He needs to survey them more, get into their head more, find out about their buying patterns, where they are in terms of getting hired as a firefighter. Are they total newbies? Have they been interviewing? He needs to learn more about them but he attracted the right audience. These are guys that 100% want to get hired as a firefighter. And he did really smart targeting because he has a wife that helped him. I'm sorry, I got to take a little credit there that helped him find the different groups that were actively looking to get hired. So the fact that he has a list of 3,500 people is phenomenal. But a lot of my students are starting out with tiny lists. Like they've been in business for a year or two and they have less than a thousand. And that's a long time to be... In business and have less than a thousand people on your list. It really comes down to cultivating a list building mindset, which I'm actually going to talk about in episode number 82. So when I get to episode 82, you're going to get to hear about all about cultivating a list building mindset, because before we get into some more strategies about list building, which I will talk about in episode 83, I want to back it up a little bit and talk about what it takes in terms of how you think about your business and how that dramatically increases your list size. So I tell you all of this because let's get back to, I'm totally going off on tangents here, but let's get back to the question at hand. What I do differently is if I were to start all over is look at my product suite earlier because I should have already had a program that really focused on list building what to do how to use it the tools the technology the software the social media sites and how to use them for list building and and lead generation with a lead magnet and do you use video or do you just use images all this stuff that goes into building a freebie and growing your email list that's kind of what profit lab is but i want to add more of that to my profit lab program So that's a really great place to start. And then you've got this program about creating online training programs once you have a list. And then I have a program about, okay, now that you have a list, you have a program, now let's sell it online with webinars. So you see how that product suite kind of comes together, list building, online product creation, webinars. And so that is basically how I want to create everything. And then to back up a little bit more, I have that Facebook 101 program, and this is a lesson for all of you that are looking at your product suite now. Do you have an entry point for people? Something where it's, you know, maybe a hundred bucks in order to kind of come into your fold and learn more about you and learn from you, but it's not a huge commitment. And so my Facebook 101 does just that because I'm meeting people where they're at. They want to know more about Facebook they might not even be thinking about list building yet or creating an online program. They're just thinking, I've got this business, maybe I sell a physical product or services or maybe I'm thinking about creating an online program and I want to get more of an audience and I'm gonna start with Facebook because Facebook's hot. So it's a perfect place for them to start. I help set their foundation around social media with that and then it's an easy transition into, okay, now that you know how Facebook works and you can start growing your audience there, let's talk about growing your email list. So that's basically my product suite and how I'm putting it together and everything will really start to come out later this year, early next year. Um, But I share that with you, full transparency, like it's not all done yet, we're still working on it and I hate to share things a little bit too early. However, I thought that's that's a great thing to think about right now in your business, no matter where you are, what that product suite might look like because there's a question coming up about focus, focus inside your business. And when you have a product suite, you have a roadmap to where you want to go and how you're going to get there. So I know for the next few months, I am focusing on creating more content around these topics. I don't get sucked into different things because I've got a really good plan and a goal in place. So we'll talk about that in the final question, number four, because that's going to come up again. One more thing I want to give you in terms of advice when you are creating an online training program, and that is, this is something I've never done and something I really need. So I'm gonna share it with you because this is something I wanna start doing ASAP. And that is to create a product index. And what I mean by that is that I would really love a Google Doc that outlines each of my programs and lists in bullets what's in each of the modules and each of the lessons. So I typically do like four modules and four or five lessons in each module. I wish I had something where, okay, this is the name of the module and then these are the lessons and here's the name or the titles of each lesson and here's a blurb about what that lesson's about and here are the main things that I teach. Because when you have a product suite, it's really nice to go back and just like look over everything. Oh, I taught that here. Oh, here's a hole. I didn't teach that here. Oh, I see a need for something here because you've got it all spelled out. The easiest way to do this is create it right after you create your program. So once your program's created, go ahead and spend some time to create an index. Or you can do it while you're creating the program just to make sure if you change anything, if you if you kind of tweak something as you're creating it, but an index would be amazing. Here's an example. I've got that jumpstart your Facebook marketing program, I call it the Facebook 101 program, and it needs updated. So now I have to have somebody go through the entire program and create that index for me and then point out some areas that need to be updated so I can go back in there quickly and update things. And that's going to take some time and money. And I wish I just already had that index that would get me through some of those changes really quickly. Plus, again, you start to really see some opportunities in your business when each of your online training programs have been outlined properly So you know exactly what's in them and where you might want to expand or where you might have a good idea for a bonus or an upsell, which I talked about in episode 78 and 79. 78 was all about creating an upsell. 79 was all about creating bonuses in your online training programs. So that's just one little thing of advice I wish I had done. And now I'm kind of paying for it because I hadn't. Okay, so moving on to question number three, what do you do when you see another site steal your content and sell it. This question came up a lot because this has recently happened to me. It's happened with all my programs, uh, with the Facebook program, the profit lab program, and now the webinars course where someone's ripped off all of my content and they're selling it on a site for like 97 bucks. Now, why the heck would I ever say that nationally on a podcast? So all of you would hear me say that, yeah, it's somewhere out there. And here's why anyone who would go to a really shady looking site, I mean, it's very obvious this site is not legit, go to a shady looking site and see my product there and buy it would never, ever, ever be anyone I'd ever want to work with. I don't want that customer ever. I think it's bad karma. I think it says a lot about someone's integrity to buy a program that they know was fully ripped off. It's very, very obvious. And when you think about it that way, you don't have to worry about it anymore because here's the deal. All of these sites that have done that, I see all of my friends' programs on those sites as well. And most all of us have sent the cease and desist letter from our lawyers. We've done, you know, the end work that needs to get done. They're likely never, ever going to do anything about it, meaning the sites. We, it's really hard online to even get in touch with anybody. Um, so we've done what we can in terms of using a lawyer But at the same time, I'm just not going to worry about them doing that because if I can't get the site down, those are not customers that I ever, ever want. And we've really got to remember that it's not, in this case, it's not about the money. It's about the quality of people we're attracting to our businesses. And I can't live in a mindset of I'm getting ripped off. I'm getting ripped off. I'm getting ripped off. If I thought that every day, I'd never get any work done. And I can't kill myself trying to figure out how to get the site down. And when I realized this, I thought, you know what? This is not something that I'm going to worry about. I'm just going to let it go and put more positive energy into the stuff that I'm creating and most excited about. So I decided to answer this question for you all about, you know, someone stealing your stuff because many of you ask about it and you're worried about it and you want to copyright this or, you know, um, protect this in this way or that way. It's never going to be fully protected. And you've got to be totally OK with that if you want to create online training programs. Sure, there are some things you can do and you might go the extra mile beyond what I've ever done to protect my content and you'd be in a better place. I don't know. But I do think that you should give a tiny sliver of your attention to it and just start attracting people that would pay you what you're worth and they would never, ever want to rip you off. Those are the people that I want you to attract and focus on and put all your positive energy into. OK. OK. So moving on to question number four, and this one is one of my favorites. So the question is, as an entrepreneur, how do you stay focused on what is at hand and not get distracted with wanting to start new projects, create new things, try a new form of social media? How do you stay focused? So the first way I can answer this question is that I do scrum my projects. And I talked about this in episode 75. So, a lot of the time when I do an Ask Amy, I can refer back to other shows because a lot of the questions relate to things I've already talked about. So, I use a project management process called Scrum, S C R U M, and I talk about it in episode number 75. So, if you want to kind of see how I stay focused, like ultimately that is the number one process I use, you can learn all about it in episode 75. But if you don't want to go check out that episode right now, I still want to give you some value. So the way I stay focused, and this is kind of one of my strong suits, there's a million things I'm not strong at, like consistency. Consistency is going to kill me one day because I really struggle with it. However, one thing I do well is I keep moving forward and taking action and staying focused. And I think that counterbalances my issue with consistency. Funny how that works. But one way I stay focused is I always create deadlines. I always identify the players and I always identify the tasks, which is kind of what scrum looks like, but let's just take it out of the context of scrum and look at it more big picture. So when you start applying deadlines to your projects and you get players involved, like your VA is going to work on this and you've got a graphic designer that you have for a two week period. So they've got to do this. And then you've got a programmer doing that and you start paying, you know, their project fees up front. Like if you have to put down a certain amount, you've got skin in the game with the money And you've pretty much put your deadlines out there. It's almost like if you want to stick to a goal of running a marathon and you make a shout out to all your friends, I'm running a marathon. This is the date I'm doing it. Don't let me back out of this. I'm committed. And I just wanted to be held accountable. So I'm telling you all I'm running a marathon. So when you do something like that, you're more compelled to actually get it done, right? So that's a little bit how I run my business where I don't shout out my deadlines to the whole world, but I let people on my team know this is what we're shooting for. And as a good leader, I need to stick with those dates. So everyone knows when we're launching something, everybody knows who the players are because I use Asana, A-S-A-N-A is my tool of choice for managing my projects. And in Asana, we create the tasks, we put deadlines to each task and we identify the players. So now I can't be changing things around, focusing on new stuff, starting new projects, because my entire team is going in a whole different direction than I would be going in. And that's something that I wish I did even sooner in my business. I wish I I got more organized with the projects. Now, I've never been one to jump from project to project to project because I learned early on working with Tony Robbins that there's no need to reinvent the wheel. In a business, a really smart entrepreneur will find out what's working and then either they'll model that if maybe somebody else is getting the success or if it's in your own business, you will continue to do it like a rinse and repeat until it doesn't work. And I think that's one of the biggest lessons I learned from working with Robbins is that I don't need to reinvent the wheel. I don't need to be on every single social media site or try every new thing that comes out there. I just need to continue to do what works right and for my business. Now it's funny because a episodes back, I talked about Periscope. I remember when I was talking to Darren Rouse, a pro blogger, I'm like, what is this Periscope? I don't understand. Like, what are people doing with it? And now I've been using it more and more, but I don't use it a whole heck of a lot. Do I wish I used it more? Yes. But right now I'm focused on getting this affiliate thing up and running for my webinars that convert program. And if I try to do Periscopes, because I kind of take them probably more seriously than I should, I, I like to prepare. And because of that, I'm just not comfortable jumping on Periscope whenever, and it derails me. My mind doesn't work well if you're putting five or six different tasks on me every single day. So I try to put my head down and just stay focused and get it done, and once I get all my own tasks done for this affiliate thing, then I can focus on other things. And if I wanna bring in more Periscopes or if I wanna explore a new project, I can, but I've got a plan for it. Another thing, and this is for all of you listening, that you feel like, oh, I'm not getting the results I want in my business, and I'm trying to do too many things at once, and everything I'm trying is not really working the way I want it to work. I want you to think about breaking your projects down in phases. So here's something that I've realized. I'm sorry I keep talking about webinars that convert, but every time I teach something, as you all know, I take it right from the heart like, what's working in my business, what's not working um, things that are happening. So everything I teach you is in very real time. So this webinars that convert is so top of mind because I'm, I'm in it right now. And I want to use that as an example because there's some people in the program that have rushed through my program. They've rushed through what I call the webinar system. And some of them had really good reason. They already were on the books and they had a deadline to do their webinar. So they were going to get it done, which I admire, but other people just want to test it out. Like I want to see Amy if this thing really works. So they rushed through it. They didn't put a lot of good time into something I call the fill up formula, which I teach in the program, how to build your email list before you're ready to promote your webinar. They didn't put a lot of time there. They didn't experiment with ads enough. They didn't split test anything. They quickly wrote some emails and they launched it and they didn't get really good results. And so because I like to be the good cop and and I don't like to point out, you know, where people are doing things wrong because it makes me feel bad. I'm sensitive in that way. Um, But I did have to kind of put on the bad cop hat and say, okay, did you do this? Or how much time did you focus on this? Or where was your focus in this respect? So I've had to point some of those things out. So here's my advice to you to make it more actionable for you. Let's stop rushing through things and instead start smaller. So stop rushing, start smaller. And what I mean by that is breaking up your projects into phases instead of a few of those students rushing through my entire program to get it done what i would have loved for them to do is maybe just learn if they didn't want to you know take all the time if they didn't want to take a good full 30 days to learn it and then another 30 days to launch it if that was too long for them what i would love to have seen them do is learn how to do a really well executed webinar presentation and learn what needs to go on each slide and how to transition from content to selling and how to build the images and how much text on the slide. I'd I'd love to see them get really good at a webinar presentation and then maybe just invite their Facebook fans to that webinar. Just start out small. So get through it, do all of that right. Do the part where you're inviting people to the webinar and then you are getting them on a webinar with a pre-webinar email phase and then when they're on the webinar, you're doing the stellar presentation with a seamless transition into selling. And, And that's all. And once you start out small, you can see maybe things that you can fix and you can get feedback from people that trust you already, your Facebook fans, and you can go in phases. And once you've got that phase really locked in, you say, okay, I'm going to add to this now. I'm going to add an email follow-up sequence and I'm going to start running ads to it and, and stuff like that. I'd rather see you build out projects in phases versus rush something and try to get it up and running. I was recently at one of my live events I do. I do these live events for my B school students. So, anyone who joined B school in 2015, I invited them to two different live events and I just finished one. And a woman got on stage and she said, You know, last night, and and tell me if you guys can relate, because I think this happens a lot. She said, Last night, I had this great idea. I know exactly what I'm going to do. And I'm going to promote my book in this way. And we're at an anniversary stage with my book. So I'm going to do this, this, and this. And I saw, um, Dale Partridge do a really good, good book launch where he had this awesome bonus page. I'm going to, I'm going to match something like that. Then I'm going to do this and that, and that, and I just need to do it all within the next two weeks. And right away, I looked at her and thought, you're never going to do it with your whole heart and your full focus. Two weeks is too short to put together a whole book launch kind of thing in order for you to celebrate an anniversary of your book. And so I looked at her and said, is that really doable? Are you gonna do a really good job? Is it important that you do all those steps by that date? Or can we extend the date? Or can we do phases where if it's the fourth anniversary of your book, you she had a big move coming up. So in her life, like she was moving out of her house. So she's like, I can only focus on this and then I've gotta move. So the rest of the year I'm taking off and I'm, I'm moving my whole family out of this house to another place. So I thought, Here, it's not a good time for you either. I'd rather see you do baby steps where you do a little bit of this book promotion, whatever you can do well in the next two weeks, and then plan something amazing for the fifth anniversary of your book, where you go full out and you have all the components and you create a strategy or a book funnel. If we can start thinking in funnels and slowing down and not rushing things as much, we can start creating pretty amazing funnels in our business. But sometimes you got to do phases until you're ready for those bigger funnels I'd like to see us do more smaller phases in our business till we feel really good. Let's all slow down just a little bit because I can promise you this, those internet marketers that you respect and you trust and you love to hear from people like Melanie Duncan and Pat Flynn and Derek Helpern and so many others. I I shouldn't even name some because there's a million I'm I'm not talking about. They did not rush every project that they started to create when they started their business. They took time. I know they have because I've talked to them about this. They took the time to do it right the first time. And if they couldn't do it right the first time, they did smaller phases to get it right still. And remember, I know I'm on a, I'm on a soapbox right now, so I'll step off in just a moment. But remember, I'm not asking for you to do small phases so you can get it perfect for the other phases. I'm just saying do small phases so it will get your full attention and focus in your whole heart when you're working on it. And it's never going to be perfect even when you do small phases. Let's just kind of throw that out right away. There's no way any of those people that I just mentioned or any of those that you respect that are going for perfection. I can promise you that as well. So I'm stepping off of that soapbox that was not meant to be. I feel like this is a a real and raw episode. I'm just kind of laying it all out there for you. But it was important for me to share with you this idea of stop rushing. Instead, start smaller, work in phases in your business, and you will start to see some amazing momentum. It all catches up. I can promise you that. So if you've been feeling impatient or frustrated in your business, but you are taking the time to do it right and go in phases, you're right where you need to be, my friend. So trust in the process. So there you go. I went through a lot. We have our four questions. Hopefully you found them all valuable. I just want to remind you in question number one, we talked about affiliates and I promised you, I'm going to take you behind the scenes with a mini training video of my new WordPress affiliate membership site. It's super simple, so don't expect anything extravagant, but it's perfect for anyone that's never had a really good hub to house their swipe file and their ad images and social media images and social media text and all that stuff they want to give their partners. This is a really great solution that you can show a programmer and say, okay, I want this. They could do that for you. So I'll take you behind the scenes. If you go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 80 download, you can see exactly what we just created. And I mentioned a lot of links and resources. All of that can be found on the show notes at amyporterfield.com forward slash 80. There you will find a link to the webinars that convert affiliate survey we created and a few links to other things I mentioned in this episode. So amyporterfield.com forward slash 80. Okay, so there you have it. Thank you so much for tuning in. I've got some great episodes to come. So, episode number 82 is going to be all about the mindset that you need to cultivate around list building. If you've ever struggled with list building, do not miss episode number 82. And episode number 83 is all about the steps that you want to take in order to get list building set up as a foundational piece inside your business. So, we're talking list building really soon. I cannot wait to share those trainings with you. Actually, before we get there is episode number 81, which is with my good friend, Lewis Howes. And we're going to be talking about the eight principles of greatness. So I want you to tune in to episode number 81 next week and find out which of these principles are you just totally kicking butt on? And which of those principles do you need a little tune up with? We're going to actually dive into all eight principles and you can figure out where you are in that mix. So I'll see you next week. Until then... Make it a fabulous week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com.